Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 174 of Podcateers. This week, Javier had to deal with a couple of things after getting out of work late, and unfortunately, it held him back way longer than he wanted to and wasn't able to make it to record. So our good friend Angela stepped up to the co-hosting helm. Some of you may already know her and be familiar with her. She is at Dislights on Instagram. We talk a little bit about where the idea for Dislights came from, her recent trip to the Walt Disney Family Museum, Run Disney possibly canceling future events at the Disneyland Resort. A new patent issue to the Disney company this month could mean that we're getting an all-new attraction based on our favorite web slinger and a lot more. During a talk about DCA, Angela brings up something in the back lot that I absolutely forgot about. Um, and you'll know what I'm talking about when you get there. But if you want to check to see if you remember what it was... Uh, or if you just want to see if you're right, head over to the blog post for the episode over at podcateers.com slash 175. I had to look it up after we were done recording. Honestly, I just could not remember that this thing ever even existed back there. So check out the blog post to see if you remember what she was talking about. Uh, I'm also going to include links to Angela's Instagram and YouTube channel. Make sure to follow and sub and say hello. Also, as this episode releases, we are holding several auctions to raise money for women's cancer research, which is our next Team Boat Willie event. If you didn't know, then you're probably not following us on social media. You can find us over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Podcateers. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe for updates. If you missed the auctions but would still like to help us out by making a small donation, just head on over to Podcateers.com. Click on the Team Boat Willie page up at the top in the menu for information on how you can help. To everyone that's helping us spread the word or has donated, thank you guys. Every little bit helps in positively changing the outcome of someone's life. Big thanks goes out to all of our fairy godparents for their support in making this episode possible. If you would like to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 per month or even a one-time contribution by going to podcateers.com and clicking on the Patreon logo or by going to patreon.com slash podcateers. Plus, if you sign up for a contribution of at least $5 a month, you'll also get the exclusive fairy godparent button as a thank you for your support. All right, that is it. Thank you all for listening. This is episode 174 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. Uh, you know, we we've been friends for quite some time, and earlier this year, I know we talked about doing this other project that I had in mind, and all this stuff started happening in my life. Good stuff, and uh, my workload kind of kicked up a little bit. So, uh, unfortunately, that project got put on hold. But Angela was one of those people that I had originally talked to about bringing on as part of that other project. And basically, I'm still going to do it. You know, I still want to do it because I think there's so many people in the Disney community that uh, are, are warm, kind-hearted people that uh, love to spread Disney joy. Angela is one of those people. And uh, some of you guys may already know her. She's Dislights on Instagram and Twitter. 
for those that don't know the story, Angela, tell us a little bit about where Dislights came from. Oh, I love telling the story. Um, thank you for letting me. Uh, 2014, I was planning a Disneyland trip for my daughters and I, and we hadn't been in about eight years. And I turned to Instagram to look up other Disney accounts. And I followed quite a few, including Foods of Disneyland, Trash Cans of Disneyland. There were so many. Um, Cats of Disneyland, Waterfalls of Disney, so many different specific accounts for Disney. Um, in, in, you know, and in my travels of, you know, I say travels as in the interweb travels of looking at different things on Instagram, I came across a picture of a light located in the queue for Peter Pan. It was a gorgeous light, very unique, very specific to that queue. And I thought to myself, wow, somebody should have a Lights of Disneyland account. And I was like, I'm going to go check. So I looked. Nobody had anything. There wasn't a Disney Lights. There wasn't a Disneyland Lights. There wasn't anything specific to Disney-related light fixtures. And so I grabbed the name. Uh, originally, I was Disneyland Lights. And in May of 2014, Disneyland Lights was born. And my daughters and I spent seven glorious days in the park taking pictures, meeting people that I had met, you know, via Instagram. And it snowballed from there. And at the end of the week, I bought my first Disney Pass, annual pass, and I made a point to come out to the parks from Las Vegas once a month. Um, then it started to be every three weeks, and then it was every two weeks. And then I finally went to my bosses, and I said, you know, everything I do for the company can be done online. I want to be closer to Disneyland. I'm meeting more people. I'm seeing more things. I'm learning more about the Disney history. And I really want to be closer to Disneyland and follow that dream. And my bosses, being the amazing people that they are, said, you found a way. We support you. So in December of 2015, a year and a, a little over a year and a half later, um, I moved to California, and I'm four and a half miles from Disneyland, and Disney Lights has continued to grow. I call myself Diz Lights now. Um, there is a lady who has an account called Disney Lights, but it's not light-related. She just likes the name and didn't want to share it with me, so I went for Diz Lights because then it can cover more than just Disneyland. And, you know, I take photos of lights. I created buttons that I would give to people who would find me when I was at the park. And if they couldn't find me, I would hide it somewhere for them. And then that turned into, you know, little scavenger hunts. And I occasionally would do giveaways to thank the people that had followed me for so long. And some of my giveaways were really fun. They'd be trivia questions, you know, where in the park is this light? Or what was the first light I posted in this land? And people would go back and forth all over my Instagram to try to find out what I was posting about. And I've met amazing people, including you guys here at the Podcasters. It's just an amazing, wonderful community, and I'm so happy to be part of it. Well, we're definitely happy that you're a part of it, and I am happy that you are here helping us co-host this episode. Uh, so again, welcome to the podcast, Angela. Thank you. It's an honor. Uh, all right. So... Let's talk a little bit about what you've been doing recently. I, I do want to get into some Disney news and stuff like that. 
Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I want to talk a little bit about your YouTube channel and kind of the direction you've decided to take because I really like what you've been doing with your YouTube channel. So tell us a little bit about what you've done. Well, thank you for that. Um, well, I decided about three months ago that my YouTube channel would be more dedicated to who Angela is. Not just Disney, but I also enjoy other theme parks. I enjoy things besides Disney. Not many things, but enough things where hopefully I can generate some interest, kind of go on a little bit of a different path, be open to different experiences, and have more of a range. I haven't really found my niche. I'm still learning how to feel comfortable behind the, or in front of the camera rather than behind the camera. I'm using it as a tool to help with that, and um, it's, it's fun. I really enjoy the editing part of doing videos and vlogs. You don't hear many people say that, by the way. I know. Isn't that crazy? And what's really funny is um, my mom reminded me recently that in high school, my electives for two years was video production. And that was what I loved, was putting together those video productions and, you know, the, the weekly newscast for the show. Um, and so now, you know, I taught myself how to use iMovie and a couple of other various uh, apps and things that I can do to stitch things together and I'm not trying to be any specific type of channel um, I'm not even trying to be really popular my main goal is to record things that later on my kids can look back on and say oh I remember when mother did this or isn't it crazy that she would do that and hopefully fondly they will be able to say oh wow I didn't know mom did this I never watched it some, one of my daughters watches from time to time, and I, I rely on her for the, hey, Ma, you should do less of this and more of that. And um, my other two kids, I think they've maybe seen one or two episodes so far, but who knows? Five, ten years from now, they may turn back on that. Or if something ever happened to me, it would be a great way for them to show their kids and what their grandmother did. So that's what I've been doing with my YouTube channel. Yeah, I love that, actually. And it's funny because uh, you've met my boys. You know, they're very young. I have. And, yes. uh, you know, it's kind of weird because I love video editing as well. Like, I love shooting these things. And I always try to make this, like, little mini movie. The thing is that uh -huh. when I'm structuring it in the editing process, like, I'm still trying to learn the idea of how to pan that story out in my head as I'm actually vlogging so that it fits what right. I want to say at the end, you know, and I still haven't really gotten there. I think I've gotten a little better over the last year, but I I'm nowhere near where I would want to be like with those vlogs. And, you know, it's funny, you know, because a, a lot of people always ask me, you know, your, your kids are cute and why don't you include them in your videos? The very simple answer to that is because they didn't ask for it. You know, it's right. Uh, they're too young. They don't really know what's going on. They just know that daddy has a camera and that they're they're going to try to emulate what I'm doing because I'm doing it because I'm their father. But, you know, yeah. there's a lot of security concerns around doing that. Absolutely. And when they're older, who knows if they would have wanted that lifestyle so until they are old enough to decide, and I don't mean like seven, eight, or nine, and they 
they're going to say, yes, right. I want to do this. I mean, like in their teens, when they can make a conscious decision on whether or not they want to do it, uh, I mm-hmm. don't put them in my videos, you know, for that specific reason. And I've had that question asked to me before, and uh, but that's really the reason. It's more of a, I, I want to protect my kids and I don't want to put them through something that later on in life that they are going to hate me for because, ah, oh, you made that real crappy video about this and this <laughs> ride, and I was in it. You made me look like a fool, Dad. I don't want that. That's very true. That's a great point. Um, my 20-year-old daughter, we have a cue. Like, if I'm recording and she's with me, if I turn the camera toward her and she turns her head, then I know she doesn't want to be in it, and I can continue, but I kind of know to pan away and do my own thing. But sometimes she'll, you know, pop in and give her two cents, and my 14-year-old loves it. So she loves being on the channel. I have a lot of people say, when is Misty coming back? And, but they're old enough to say, Mom, this is great, or Mom, I'd rather not today, or you know, I don't have my, my makeup on, leave me alone. <laughs> right. But you're right, when they're your son's ages, as cute as they are, for the YouTube purpose, definitely leave them out. But you could always add them on your own little edit on the side, and then someday they'll have their vault of Dad made these videos. Oh, you yeah. You put them even on your YouTube channel in private, and then they'll see them because you know if, if your computer died or your external hard drive died you would still have somewhere to find that later yeah you know what it's funny that you mentioned that because i've actually started doing that Good. because there's many times that we are uh my kids are such hams like it's so funny you've seen this happen <laughs> i have They're great. especially my youngest son he'll start yelling okay now I'm going to vlog. Now I'm going to vlog. And all of a sudden, we'll turn the camera, <laughs> and he'll break into full vlog. It's like, hey, guys, it's me. We're at Disneyland today, and we're going to ride this, and we wrote this. I was like, wow, he's so much better at this than I am. And uh, so I take those clips, and I have a completely separate account that uh, I've vaulted a lot of that footage. Uh, whenever we have like school events for them, uh, I like kind of mini vlog that stuff for them. It's not like public; it's just for Brilliant. them, you know. So that later on they have these like school performances and all that stuff. It, it'll just be like that vlog style that they want it to be in, but their own little videos going forward. So like that, I'm okay with doing. But on the public facing side, you know, I I still don't want to put them in there, you know. So. That's in case anybody was wondering, that is why. Understandable. I, I, think, I think that's very wise of you. Thank you. Uh, it, it's really a protection thing. So, uh, Plus, you yeah, know, like you said, absolutely. like your 14-year-old, not only is she old enough, but she's of that generation. You know, she lives in this generation where it's, it's the, the thing to do. You know, everybody's sharing their life. And, you know, there's got to right. be boundaries, you know, but... You know, everybody is like living on Snapchat and Instagram stories and, you know, Facebook Live. And, you know, it's basically the world is at their fingertips now. It's true. But we have to also teach our children what to share and what not to share. It's important that they realize, I've actually had this question posed to me by a family member. Don't you worry that people are seeing your life and they're judging your life and they're assuming everything? And I said, Mom, it's eight to 15 minutes of my day. It's not my entire life in a day. They don't know everything. I hope that I'm successfully picking and choosing what I want people to see and know. Um, There's been a few. I've I've actually had a few blogs that were a little more personal, 
when I was going through certain things, but I've had so many people, because of those, reach out to me and say, thank you for mentioning this, I go through this too, or this is how I've dealt with it, and it helps people find that, that they can be relatable to someone else and they're not alone in those issues. You know, I totally agree with that because last year... Uh, when I was doing that whole Biggest Loser Challenge thing at work, I was uh-huh. like psyched because I hadn't really done something of that magnitude before. And I was so excited because I was doing really well. You know, I was losing all this weight and I was like getting really healthy. And it's funny because after after the competition ended, I posted the videos about how I did it. And there were so many people that said, you know, this was inspirational. Thank you for doing this. And I didn't do it to be inspirational to anybody. I did it because I was chronicling my journey, you know, from where I started to where I ended up. And I'm glad that it inspired other people. Now, fast forward a year later, and unfortunately, I've gained back a little bit more than half the weight that I lost, which is you know, it's still a win, but not as much of a win as had I kept it all off. Right. I I was, I think several episodes ago, I mentioned, you know, it was weird because at the time I just thought to myself, I put myself out there, you know, and I said, look, I learned all this great stuff. I did this and I did that. And a year later, I don't have much to show for it. And several episodes ago, I, I put myself out there again. And I said, look, guys, Uh, I messed up, you know, I didn't have the discipline to continue. And um, had I actually learned everything that I thought I learned, I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in again. So obviously, it's a mental restructuring that has to go on. And like a physical lifestyle restructuring that has to go on. But you know, you live, you learn, you move on, and you just try to get better, you know, with everything that you do. And, you know, a lot of the videos that you've posted and a lot of the, you know, conversations that we've had, you know, that that's what it's about, you know, trying to get better and aiming for the I, people say aiming for the brass ring. I don't like that. I'm going to aim for the gold ring. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Aim for the gold ring. Aim for the Mickey ears. The Mickey ears. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll make sure to put a link to all of your social stuff, including your YouTube channel and the blog post for the episode. If you guys uh, want to check that out, head over to podcasters.com slash 174 for all of that information. It'll be readily available. Go say hi to Angela and tell her that Podcasters sent you and say hello for us while you're there. All right. So uh, you recently posted about a trip to the Walt Disney Family Museum. Uh, was that your first time visiting? It was my first time. My mom lives up in Northern California, and I've visited her for years, um, and it just, there was never a good time to go, and honestly, I didn't think my mom would want to go, and usually my trips to Northern California are, you know, centered around my visit with her. Well, she asked me recently, before planning a trip, what do you want to do while you're up here? And I told her I'd love to go to the Walt Disney Family Museum. You know what she said? She said, there's a Walt Disney Family Museum. Why haven't we ever been? And my heart just leapt because I, I don't want involve to my, involve my mom in my, my passions if she's not interested. But for her to be interested was just like that was the icing on the cake. Right. Um, first of all, let me say, if you've never been, just the location alone is an amazing I mean, you see the Golden Gate Bridge, you see the bay, you're, it, it's 
located within a barrack that was used you know, back during war times. And these barracks all on the property have all been turned into various museums, and it's just beautiful. Like, I can't even say enough about the whole experience for me. Um, I definitely want to go again. It's worth every penny. I want to be able to see it all again. You walk in and you immediately can feel the love that the Disney family has for Walt. And just being able to go through each of the sections of the eras of his life, from the life of, of the Walt Disney family culminating up to Walt and how he became the creative genius that he is, was inspiring. And then being able to walk through each part of his life and see where he came from, where he went, what he wanted, and where he wanted to go further is inspiring. And I can't think of anyone in history, and I could be wrong, but I can't think of anyone in history who was more creative, more driven, more anxious to share his love of that creativity than Walt Disney was. If, if anyone, if you ever have a chance to go, whoever's listening, make it a priority. You won't regret it. You know, I'm, I'm so happy you said that because my wife and I have actually started planning a trip to just go spend a few days up in the San Francisco area and we're taking our boys with us. We're going to tour Fisherman's Wharf and go to the museum and do all sorts of things, you know, up in that area. Uh, usually they have uh, featured exhibits. What was the one that was going on? Or were you there long enough to see what the featured exhibit was? The, the featured exhibit is, and I'm drawing a blank on the name, um, the artist who did Sleeping Beauty. Unfortunately, we did not have the time to spend with that, but I would have loved to. Yeah, I okay, so now I'm starting to remember at D23, uh, there was some mention of Ivan Earl's exhibit. So I was blanking a little bit. I didn't remember which one it was. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Again, in the blog post for the episode, we'll throw up your vlog of going up to the Walt Disney Family Museum so people can check it out. And uh, I, I don't know what else to say other than I'm so excited that we're going finally That'll be, you're going to love every minute of it. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I have a funny story to tell you really quick about my, my mom's reaction there. Oh, okay. Um, when we came to the section where we really delved into the artwork, my mom, that's when she was like, oh my gosh, I remember watching this as a kid and I remember listening to these sounds and there was a wall um, made of jars of paint and it was every color from white to the brightest purples and the darkest greens, and it was amazing. Well, when we when we were leaving, she's like, I hope there's something regarding the paint that I can buy in the gift shop. And my mom doesn't buy things like Disney-related, so I was like, well, I hope so, too. The funniest thing, we literally walk into the gift shop, and the display has these large glass jars, like there's five times the size of the jars of paint that were in the display in the museum itself. And they're just empty glass colored jars with a label of the color on them. And they're literally the display. Well, my mom says, can I buy the jars? And the, the employee at 
you know, there, he said, well, I don't know. Let me talk to the manager. I'm like, mom, they're just the display. They're not going to sell you the display. They sold her the display. So we bought a purple jar. Yeah. And then two days later, when she had to take me back to the airport, she said, let's go back. I want a green one too, because my mom paints. And so she wanted these jars in her um, paint room to remind her of the trip. And so she bought the brightest purple one and the brightest green one. And I will send you a photo of them because she's so proud of these jars. They're literally like, I don't know, she's, she's probably going to put her paint brushes inside of them and such, but they're wonderful. And it was such a joy for me to see her face light up when the, the you know owner or the manager was like, yeah, sure, we'll sell them for you. And then the employee crawls under the display so that he can get to the jar that she wants and it it was great. They were really great there. I love that she kind of geeked out over it. Totally geeked out. To the point where, like I said, she was like, we should go back on the way to the airport and get a second one. I want the other one, too. Wow. So, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, let's let's send a shout-out out to your mom, then, uh, for geeking out on those <laughs> jars and going back for the green one. Yes. You, <laughs> and it never hurts to ask for what you want. You might get a no but you might get a yes. So it's like kind of like a little mini lesson as well. Very true. So there you go, kids. You also got a lesson out of this. <laughs> Always ask. Always but ask, ask nicely. <laughs> Always ask. All right. So uh, since we're reaching for the Mickey Brass Ring, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's happening in the Disney parks this last week. First yes. of all, I wanted to talk a little bit about, have you ever done a Run Disney event? I haven't. Not yeah. yet. Okay. So... I never thought I would do a run Disney event. And last month <laughs> I did my first one and it was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. You know, the adrenaline rush that you get, you know, going through the course and, you know, mind you, there's all the stops for all the pictures and all that stuff, which is really cool. But hopefully one day I will build up to the 10 and one day to the half. The problem with that right now is that it looks like Disney may be discontinuing the Run Disney events at Disneyland. What? Yeah. So I know that there's a lot of people that I know that actually do these Run Disney events. They collect every single medal. Props to you guys because I couldn't do it because it is pricey, by the way. It's a couple hundred bucks, like, you know, per race. Um, That's what kept me from wanting to do them was the money. <laughs> and I will, I will be completely upfront with you. I did it because it was already paid for, and I was taking somebody's spot. I probably wouldn't have done uh... it if I had to pay for it. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, so you know they're building Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and then there's uh, the the plans to build the new. Four, uh, what is it? Four Diamond Hotel is that what they're calling it? Uh, near the downtown. Yeah, Disney I've heard area. that. So with all the construction and everything that's going around at Disneyland and maybe even California Adventure, which we'll get into shortly, uh, it looks like they're discontinuing the races. Wow. Yeah, and it was really weird how they told people because Disneyland hosts four run Disney events every year. They host um, the Star Wars half in January. Uh, In May, they do the Tinkerbell. Uh, In August, I think, they do the Disneyland. And then they do the Superheroes in November. And so the next one was Star Wars in January. And they just kind of abruptly stopped registration. They put up a message on the site 
saying that uh, it was temporarily postponed and would open at a later date. And so it's kind of freaking people out because usually by now they're ready to go. They're registered. You know, yeah. training is in process. And it, I guess I don't want to say that it makes sense that they're doing this, but there is nothing scheduled past January for run Disney events at Disneyland. Oh, man. I, I have a lot of friends that do these events, and I did have a few people recently ask me if I knew anything about these what you just said, where they've gone to try to you know, finish their registration and nothing is there. And now I know and I can refer them to that information. Wow. Yeah, it's really They're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, if you are a runner at Disney World, you know, so far nothing has been canceled or postponed over there. And who's to say that this one isn't going to go on? Maybe they're trying to work right. with the city of Anaheim for uh, new courses because of, you know, all the construction that's going on. Uh, I don't know, you know, but as far as it looks right now, it looks like they're canceled and they're not planning anything going forward. Uh, so, I mean, if you guys are fanatics of the run Disney events, you know, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this, because I don't know how many uh, of you are willing to fly out to Walt Disney World to do these marathons if they're not available at Disneyland for the next two or three years while all this construction is going on. Uh, will you do other marathons? Are you actually willing to fly to Florida? Uh, you know, sound off in the blog post for the episode, the Instagram or the Facebook post. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this. You know, I'm not a huge runner. Uh, obviously, I also don't fly. But, you know, leave your thoughts. Let us know what you guys are going to do if they actually go through with postponing these events for the next several years. Right. And I'm curious, too, if, you know, if you're already paying so much for the run itself, is it worth that extra flight cost? Not to mention, if you're if you're a local to California, are you going to want to pay for your hotel and your transportation when you're in Florida? Yeah. These are things that people will have to factor in. It's going to be really expensive now. I mean, if I could take a guess, I mean, I know a handful of runners, and there's a couple that I think are such run junkies that they would do it. But, I mean, yeah. like you said, the cost of a hotel every single time, the flight every time. Again, for all you hardcore Run Disney runners, let us know what you guys think because I'm curious how many of you guys would actually go to Walt Disney World to do these events. Right. So let's do a little bit of DCA news now. Uh, obviously, you know, with the opening of Mission Breakout, which you went to, right? When it first opened, you got a chance to go to the event and everything? Yes. I remember. I did. It was wonderful. Yeah, I remember seeing your post, and I remember you actually, you know, gave me the pamphlet and the comic. Thank you so much, by the way, for that, uh, that they of gave course. out that day. Um, one, you know, let's quickly rewind and just kind of briefly, what was it like the opening day? Well, actually, this was the pre-opening event, so it was the night before, so there was a lot of media. Um, I think there was maybe 300 people, um, and maybe a little more. It didn't seem like very many. The first time we were in line to get into the ride, it seemed really long, but after that first time, my friend and I, we were like, okay, I want to go on 10 times, so that was our goal, and between the two of us, you know, we had to split up a couple times, but we both made it to nine. 
And then by the 10th time, we knew that if we didn't start to leave, we wouldn't get our goodie bag. But um, they had you know, all the, the preview of all the different treats that were available to celebrate the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. They had the music playing throughout. I don't know what to call that area where they used to have the mad tea party, but now that was where all the Summer of Heroes was kicking off yeah. at the same time. And so they had out Captain America and Spider-Man, and they had Black Lotto, and they had Hawkeye. And then, of course, they had, you know, Gamora, Star-Lord, Groot, and just, you know, all the different things that that you were able to see in the preview was so worth the extra money to go to the event. And then the bag at the end was, you know, the bag with Guardians of the Galaxy on it. There was a hat. There was a comic book. There was a decoder that you actually got at the beginning to decode some of the the Teven collection symbols on the wall. So if you ever want to use that with your kids, you can help them translate what's actually on the walls inside the ride. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's very reminiscent of what they ended up doing with Indiana Jones when it first opened, and they had the little decoder exactly. cards. So it was, a, it was a great event. I would definitely do another one if the chance were, were to come up. Well, I'm glad you said that because uh, my follow-up question to that is, uh, considering you sound you know really excited about what they did, what do you think of that entire area just kind of becoming a Marvel area? Like like all these changes that they're announcing for DCA, how do you feel about Marvel kind of coming into DCA in, in general? I personally, I'm all for it. Um, but I love the Marvel comic universe. Um, I especially love the Guardians universe. I especially love just you know, Iron Man. I love all of it. And I think having it all tie in, and yes, it's sad to see things change and and develop and be different, but we all know what Walt said. We all know that it's going to constantly move forward, and I feel that Disney is staying true to that sentiment that Walt gave. Um, you know, it's really hard, though. Like A lot of people feel really nostalgic about Tower Chair or Med Tea Party, and I understand that. But any time that Disney Corporation has taken something away from us, what they bring back and put in its place is always top-notch, top technology, state-of-the-art for the time that they're putting it out. And you can't, you, you can't deny that that's an amazing feat right in itself. Yeah, I mean... I, I feel like I want to disagree with you because I'm trying to think back on what has been replaced with something that was kind of a stinker, but I don't, well, there but, have been a few, I'm but, sure, but but it's it's funny because it it basically wraps back to what you said that, and I'll use this example basically, uh, Luigi's flying tires. Obviously, yeah. nothing existed there. Right. It was something that was brand new to the area, but, you know, they closed it down. It didn't work. And what they brought us was Rollick and Roadsters. And that is far superior to the experience that people had with uh, the flying tires. Uh, so I, I exactly. know exactly what you're talking about. And whether people like it or not, you know, we've kind of said this before, but Mission Breakout is has been a huge success 
for California Adventure. It has. And there's so many people that still refuse to ride because, you know, not my tower. And, you know, they're still protesting. But I almost feel like if those people just gave it a chance, they would enjoy it so much more. I enjoyed Tower a, a lot. You know, I, I loved it. loved the story. But it became stale after a while. Like, yeah. I, I love that thrill ride. But it started to become one of those rides that I didn't really feel like standing in line an hour or two for anymore. And maybe right. it's because Mission Breakout is still fairly new. Or maybe it's the fact that every time you ride, you can get one of six different experiences instead of the same one that you got with Tower of Terror. Which is wonderful. I think mm-hmm. it's awesome, you know, and I think people should just give it a chance. But, you know, with that said, you know, obviously when they opened Mission Breakout, one of the biggest mysteries was the fact that there was this Avengers hatch to the right of the entrance of the Collector's Fortress. And at D23, yeah. Bob Chapek actually said, you know, there's going to be a greater Marvel presence in the parks going forward. So early last year, uh, I think it was in April of 2016, there was a patent issued for this new ride technology. And earlier this month, uh, October 2017, uh, it was actually issued to the Disney company. It describes this new ride system that's kind of like a roller coaster, but it acts like a pendulum, which is kind of cool to see. Uh, I'd love to see it in action just kind of seeing what the drawings were describing. But reading through the patent, the one thing that they were describing was that it gives you the notion of swinging through trees like Tarzan or maybe (gasps) swinging on a web through New York like Spider-Man. What? Yeah. I just got goosebumps. I know. So one of the biggest questions, obviously, is if this is for DCA... Where is it going to go? You know, obviously right. they don't have anything to knock down. Maybe they'll put it where the buildings for Monsters Incorporated are in that area. Or maybe they'll just keep developing the backstage area that's behind Mission Breakout. I don't exactly right. know how large of a building this attraction would need, but it feels like it would be fairly large. Um, just, I'm going to put pictures of what the patent describes in the blog post. You guys should check this out because it's kind of cool to see, uh, podcasters.com slash 174. If you guys want to check out the pictures, but I'm also going to put a link. If you want to read the lengthy patent, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that I didn't understand, but if you want to go through it, (laughs) feel free to. Uh, it's kind of amazing to read through these with all the technology and how they're describing, uh, you know, how the mechanics work. One of the interesting things that, you know, caught my eye was that when they talk about the pendulum swinging, it's got a mechanism that will slow it down in certain swing points, which will give it this like weird kind of free floating you know, kind of like that weird, slow, free-flowing that you see Spider-Man do right before he uh-huh. takes his next swing. You know, so oh. I think that's why people are speculating that it's possibly going to be a Spider-Man attraction that we're getting a California Adventure. But yeah, there's also theories on whether or not this technology 
will be used for the new Guardians attraction at Walt Disney World. You know, recently it was announced that Walt Disney World is also getting Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're not getting Mission Breakout. What they're doing is they're repurposing the universe of energy building and they're building an entirely new building behind it that's 11 stories tall for this brand new Guardians experience. Now, whether or not that is what they need to house this type of mechanism or attraction, I don't know. Uh, Maybe it could be smaller. Uh, but there's that theory. And then there's the theory of what if it's a TIE fighter that's flying through space for Galaxy's Edge? Oh, it could be so many things. I know. I think that's what's exciting about this, that there's so many possibilities for this type of structure that uh, it can kind of fit anywhere almost. And I'm yeah. I'm really excited because – I love roller coasters. You know, when I was younger, we had season passes for Six Flags for, oh, man, I want to say eight or nine years. I know Wow. Lynette will probably correct me, but it was probably eight or nine years running that we had Six Flags um, passes because I love roller coasters. And I don't know. I don't think anything like this exists. And I don't know if something like this would break a record or create some kind of new record and they're trying to put this out to beat six flags you know to the punch about creating this type uh-huh. of attraction because six flags holds all sorts of records i think they hold the record for most coasters in a park which is 19 uh-huh. right now um and then since the 70s they broke records for the first looping coaster, the tallest coaster, the first fourth dimensional coaster when they built X, which is now X2. So maybe this is Disney's way of saying, okay, we're gonna we're gonna stamp our name in the record books with the first type of, you know, whatever they end up calling this type of attraction. That would be magical. I think it's high time they did something like that. I do too. I mean, I love Soren. I'm sorry. I love screaming. But I think it's time for just a little a little more thrill in that park. Like, Disney's great. You know, you have a couple of thrills in there. You have, you know, obviously Big Thunder. You have Space Mountain. You have the Matterhorn. Uh, Splash, you know, which isn't, I, I would say, as much of a thrill ride, you know, as much as just like a water flume. But uh, I think right. DCA, now that Mission Breakout is there, the excitement you know, that, that that attraction brought to the park, I think they're going to start to really step it up and how they start integrating some of these new characters like Spider-Man, bring back Iron Man, Disney. Ugh, I'm so frustrated yes. that Captain America's there and Iron Man's not there. I get made fun of I all know. the time. Uh, okay, rant over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about what they're going to be bringing in. What do you think they would actually replace for this or any other type of attraction regarding Marvel in that area? My, you know, I would say if they were going to replace it with something or replace something specifically, it feels like it would have to be the Monsters, Inc. and then this Studio 17 and 20, those studio buildings that are there. Yeah. That's a big chunk of, of space. They could put something really big in that space. I mean, think about it. They took down the stage. That was a really big stage that they knocked down and flattened out. I don't know if you saw it, but when they took the stage down, 
there was some sort of permanent element there that looked like it used to be, and I'm sure there's someone out there who knows, um, used to be like a waterfall. Oh, interesting. I don't remember that yeah, there before. I saw it, like, there was one day where it was kind of opened up with the, you know, the barriers around it, but not a full wall. And then the next day, the full wall was up while they tore down what was left of it. And then a few days later, it was just all flat concrete again. So um, it seems like they've been slowly opening that area up for the possibility of totally demo and totally new. So only time will tell. And we know that there's a bunch of stuff coming up with the Pixar uh, pier and just you know, we all just have bits and pieces. Nobody really knows until it's officially out to us. Yeah, it it would be interesting. You know, that's always been something that I've said that I think that if if anything goes before they expand, I, I mean, I could be totally wrong, right? I don't work for Imagineering, uh, although I should. Um, <laughs> if they don't expand mm. into the parking lot behind Mission Breakout. I've always said that they're going to start breaking down some of the, the same show buildings that you're talking about. But then I always wonder, well, what's going to happen to that street? You know, because the entire idea of entering Hollywoodland is that you look down and you see the Hyperion, which is where they have Frozen. Yeah. Like, would that become Broadway? Would it become New York? Like, what are they going to do with all of that? Because it's not just... Oh, that's a good idea, actually. It very, very likely could become... I never even thought of that angle because Spider-Man is there and why wouldn't it become Broadway? And then it would still be able to have the Hyperion Theater or another theater. Right. It's always been one of the biggest questions for me. You know, how, what what would they turn everything into? Would it just become New York? Which I wouldn't be opposed to. You know, I think in general, you know, the park is called California Adventure, but I'm not yeah. the only one that thinks that eventually it's not even going to be called California Adventure because it's lost so many of its California elements that it's just going right. to be like Disney's Adventure Park, you know? And it's just going yeah. to be, you know, superheroes and Pixar, whatever, you know, whatever they want to do with it. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting what happens over the next five to ten years with that park and with what they're going to be building and I'm excited to see more Marvel stuff in the parks. Uh, again, bring back my Iron Man Disney. I need my yes. Tony Stark back in the park. I, I would That'd love to see somebody in the Iron Man suit just walking around, even if it's like a meet and greet indoors so that they don't, you know, basically. Overheat. Heat. Exactly. Uh, like Vader or Chewbacca, whatever the case is. But I would love for them to do an Iron Man meet and greet. Like, say, I would just melt. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I would just, I. <sighs> <sighs> Disney. Would it would be amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast very soon. But uh, before we do, I just want to remind you guys that uh, our next Team Boat Willie event is happening on November 5th. Uh, we are walking to help raise money for women's cancer research. We're doing it for City of Hope. It's part of the Walk for Hope weekend there. 
And uh, if you guys want to join Teamboat Willie and help with the fundraising efforts, you can always go to podcasters.com slash Willie. The link is there if you guys want to sign up. Uh, there's a few things that you can do with this one. This is not like the Chalk Walk where you can actually raise uh, all of the money, including your registration fee. There is a $30 registration uh, to join this walk, and you can do uh, several things. You can either join and become a member of the team. You can help fundraise that way. You can become what's called a virtual walker, which will allow you to uh, still raise funds if you are you know, in another state, around the world, whatever the case is, but you can't actually make it to the walk that day. Uh, which has been a problem. I have been told that it is the same day as Dapper Day, unfortunately. And because of that, oh, yeah. uh, there are some people that wanted to join us that day that said that their makeup and their, you know, what they're going to be wearing and the suits they're going to be wearing, you know, it's going to be too much trouble to have to go and rechange and everything. So they're they're probably just going to donate or skip this one, do something else. Perfectly okay. But if you guys want to still help out, you know, throw a few bucks our way to help Team Boat Willie raise some money for women's cancer research, that would be amazing. Just, again, podcasters.com slash Team Boat Willie. You guys will find the link there. And to everyone that is helping us retweet it, helping us repost it, uh, or was a part of the auctions that uh, we're having, uh, thank you guys so very much. We really, truly appreciate all of that support from you guys. Uh, Speaking of support, I want to send a quick shout out to all of our fairy godparents. Obviously, this episode of Podcateers and all other episodes wouldn't be possible without their added support. So quick shout out to all of them. If you guys want to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash podcateers or by going to podcateers.com and clicking on the Patreon logo. For anybody that signs up for at least a $5 monthly donation, you will also get the fairy godparent button. If you guys haven't seen it, you guys can go to the Instagram account and check that out. I know that I posted it. Uh, If I haven't and it was just in a story, Check the blog post for the episode. I'll post it there. That way you guys can at least check it out and know what I'm talking about. No, I'm not crazy. Uh, another great way to help us out is if you shop on Amazon, just head on over to podcateers.com slash Amazon. There you will find a link with our uh, affiliate. There you will find our affiliate link. Any purchase that you make but after you click that will kick us down with a very small commission from Amazon as a thank you because you went through that page. And to everyone that's taking the time to do that, thank you guys very much. We really, truly appreciate that support as well. Uh, before we wrap up, Angela, tell everybody where they can find you, your social links, all that good stuff. Well, uh, it's, it's Instagram.com backslash dislights. That's D-I-S lights spelled normally. And then my YouTube channel is youtube.com backslash dislights. I've kind of gotten away from, I don't even do Twitter anymore, and I don't do the Facebook anymore. It was just too much. I had to kind of pare back in order to be able to give my full attention to the things I wanted to. So, But dislights on YouTube and Instagram, and that's where you'll find me. Awesome. And, of course, they'll find you in the parks with your awesome light-up ears. Yes. So if you guys ever see Angela in the parks, make sure you say hello to her. She is absolutely one of the sweetest and nicest people that I have ever met. Thank you so much for taking the time to help me co-host this episode. Anytime. All right. 
All right, guys, that is going to be it. So until next week, here is to Beers, Cheers, and Mickey Ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye. Oh, should I fill in for Javier? Bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>